By the Fire presents A Desperate Soul by Dave Smale Read for you by the author Chapter 13 Jacob stayed inside his late grandmother's house for the next three days. His shaking had worsened, being accompanied by cold sweats, nausea, dizziness, loss of appetite, and irritability. At first, Jacob thought he was coming down with the flu, but when he googled his symptoms, it turned out Pastor Billy was correct. It was alcohol withdrawal. The symptoms had subsided somewhat on the third day, so Jacob made a trip to Walmart to buy some groceries. These amounted to two boxes of macaroni and cheese and a quart of milk. He used an Uber so he wouldn't have to walk, even though he realized the walk would have done him good. The Uber driver was monster-free, but he wore that weird body armor stuff. He was a little too chipper for Jacob's taste, so he told the man he would not need a ride home. Since the event on the oceanfront, it had played on repeat in his brain. It seemed that there were really only two kinds of people. Those with monsters, and those with armor. He couldn't recall seeing a third option. And, though the monsters were evil and hideous, the people chained to them seemed more normal to him than those with armor. Armor wearers were apparently church people. Uh, His stomach turned each time he thought of it. The past three days his phone had rung several times, but he had ignored the calls. Not only did he not want to talk to anyone, but the calls had been from a phone number he didn't recognize. He had neither received any text messages, nor did he want to check the social media sites. Jacob was fearful that there would be nothing but incendiary posts from his former bandmates and fans, or, he should say, former fans. Jacob knew it would be a fruitless endeavor to search the news sites for anything about the demons, the angels, or the ancient king. There was no doubt He was the only one who could see them. He focused instead on information about demons or angels. Maybe someone, somewhere, had gone through a similar experience. Yet, after three days of tirelessly scanning internet articles on his phone, he'd come up empty, due to Tilda not having a TV or a computer. Frustratingly, Google searches about anything remotely close to the creature's or the battle at the oceanfront which he'd seen, yielded mostly satanic and occult sources. Out of desperation and pure curiosity, he gave each website a fair chance. He wanted to see if any website offered an explanation or pertinent material. However, it was plain that they hadn't any useful information, and if they did, they would likely sympathize with the oppressive monsters. There were many reports of people communicating with demons, but, as Jacob read them, he concluded the people were either lying or had obviously never seen the demons. If they had, they might not have been so sympathetic. A few online sources claimed to have seen angels. Still, they were nothing close to what Jacob had seen. Most claimed the angels basically looked like the most stereotypical white males imaginable. 
six feet tall with blue eyes and perfectly combed brown hair parted on the right. Not the gargantuan bodybuilders that Jacob had seen. While it was unanimous that angels always glowed and appeared as white-appareled beings, some reported them having two wings, others said they had none. No one Jacob could find had mentioned seeing any six-wingers. Nearly all accounts were from near-death experiences, sounding completely fabricated. Then he considered what people would think if he were to relate his own story. Oh, wait. He had told his story to someone. Pastor Billy. He didn't believe me, Jacob thought. So there. He'd tried to block out his church experience growing up. But he did remember a few things. Christians were supposedly spiritual people who believed in a literal God, a literal Jesus, and a real thing called the Holy Spirit, whatever that was. There was a literal devil and real locations called heaven and hell. Yet when someone claimed to have seen evidence that would have confirmed their faith, a pastor nonetheless, they refused to believe. <laughs> Idiots, Jacob thought. But then, what about the armored people he saw from Pastor Billy's church while he was on the oceanfront? Besides Pastor Billy, Tilda's neighbor, and the Uber driver, the people from the church were the only ones he'd seen that weren't being oppressed by the behemoths. One of them seemed to have the power to call a mighty angel down from... from somewhere. And this angel help set someone free from the demon chained to her. Maybe there was more to this Christian thing after all. His research veered in the direction of Christianity. It turned out that the internet was not a very friendly place for it. He'd read several articles by several quote-unquote knowledgeable people, some even having doctor in front of their name. All detailed why Christianity couldn't be true. Some said that Jesus was a liar. Others said he was a legend. Or never existed. One article suggested that Jesus' disciples were rebels bent on world domination. One alleged scholar said that the Roman Catholic Church had used the Jesus myth to oppress humanity. As a result, the church was actually a money-funneling scheme designed to make the rich richer and the poor poorer. He'd had enough after several other conspiracy theories. Jacob checked the time on his phone. Just after noon. He set it down, reclined on the couch, and pondered. When he compared what he had seen and heard, as opposed to what he had read, there was a lot to sift through. He could see how many of these scholars had come to their conclusions. The problem was that in light of everything Jacob had experienced... All of these supposed scholars were totally wrong. He knew it, but that was something he was not yet willing to admit. In truth, Jacob hated the church. The very notion of a loving, all-knowing, all-powerful God bothered him. He may have been persuaded to believe that such a being existed prior to his parents' death, but not afterwards. If this ultra-powerful, extraordinarily loving being really did exist, then why would it allow Jacob's parents to die? And in such an awful manner. 
not to mention that his mother had been pregnant at the time. And, if God existed, why in the world would he allow Tilda, one of his most faithful followers, to die from an aggressive form of cancer? Why would he allow her to leave her grandson alone in the world? He'd been content believing that there was no God based on his experiences up until a week ago. However, if there wasn't a God, how could he explain everything he'd seen and heard? Despite his bitter feelings toward Pastor Billy when he doubted his story, he could not deny that the man looked genuinely grieved. The way he had spoken of Tilda was so heartfelt, so emotional, as if he truly cared. He hadn't called Pastor Billy the day after their meeting, partly because he wasn't sure that the man's prayer had helped, and partly because he'd forgotten. Jacob had just put a pot of water on the stove for another gourmet meal of ramen noodles. Suddenly a knock came at the door. Ugh, now what? He sighed. Annoyed, he walked to the front door and looked through the peephole. Then he rolled his eyes. Pastor Billy? Oh, man. He wrestled with opening the door or remaining silent, hoping that the man would just go away. But considering where his three days of research had gotten him, nowhere, he decided to open the door. Hey, Jacob, Pastor Billy said as the door was opened. A woman, whom he hadn't seen through the peephole, was standing next to him. He vaguely recalled her to be the pastor's wife. They were both wearing the body armor, but she had more of it than he did. Hers included a sheathed sword and a shield strapped to her left arm. These people are seriously weird, he thought. Jacob stood in the doorway staring at them, not saying a word. We were hoping to see if a funeral service had been planned for Tilda, Billy said. Jacob shrugged and shook his head. Billy and Taylor, his wife, looked at each other. I see. I assume you are in charge of setting it up? Billy asked. Jacob shrugged. The pastor's wife sighed and crossed her arms. As she did, Jacob noticed that part of her shield disappeared into her chest, as if it was an apparition. He stared dumbfounded. Listen, Taylor said. Despite how you might feel about us, Tilda was a very good friend of ours. In fact, she was my best friend. Taylor choked with emotion. She uncrossed her arms, put her right hand over her mouth, and dropped her left hand to her side. Jacob's eyes followed the shield, which remained strapped to her left forearm. Billy put a reassuring hand on her back. A moment later, Taylor breathed deep and regained her composure. She continued. We didn't know if you'd already planned a funeral, and evidently you haven't. Has the funeral home already called you? Still staring at the shield, Jacob didn't answer. Jacob, are you listening? Pastor Billy asked. Jacob looked up at them, startled. His expression told them he hadn't heard the question. The funeral home. Have they called you? Taylor repeated. Jacob thought for a moment and shook his head again. This time, however, he felt a twinge of uncertainty. They haven't? That's strange, she said, turning to Billy, who nodded in agreement. Then Jacob recalled the number that had appeared on his caller ID, 
the one he didn't recognize. It was likely the funeral home. Oh, crap, he thought. If she passed away on Friday, then you're going to need to get her funeral done quickly. It's already Monday. Would you like for us to help you get it done? Taylor asked. Realizing he'd made an egregious error, Jacob nodded. All right. Do you know which funeral home it was? Taylor asked. Jacob finally answered verbally in the affirmative, holding up his index finger and indicating he'd be right back. He excused himself, leaving Billy and Taylor at the door, ran to his room and retrieved a paper they'd given him at the hospital. He returned and handed the information to Taylor. Thanks, she said. Okay, I better get back to work. We'll be in touch, okay? Pastor Billy said. Jacob nodded. What's the best way to get in touch with you? Billy asked. Text? Jacob nodded again. Well, I'm going to need your number. Jacob relayed his number to Billy as he punched it into his own cell phone, pressing the call button. Jacob's phone began ringing in another room. An acoustic guitar riff from the Metallica song Fade to Black was the ringtone. And now you got my number, Billy said, smirking knowing he'd already given Jacob his number and that Jacob had likely lost it. Please let us know if you need anything, Taylor said, expressing a heartwarming smile as they left. He made sure they were gone, and then Jacob returned to his research work. He realized his brain was tired after less than a minute. Perhaps he'd been hallucinating when he'd seen part of Taylor's transparent shield disappear into her chest. Of course he had, Jacob decided. He'd hardly slept the past few days. It was easy to stay up until all hours of the night when he had nowhere to be. He had no job and no real responsibilities. He decided to dismiss what he'd seen moments ago. Jacob poured the now boiling water over his bowl of dry ramen noodles, his fifth such meal in two days. Yet it was somehow still strangely appetizing. Maybe they put crack in the chicken flavor packets, he thought. He laid on the couch, waiting for the hot water to penetrate the noodles. Staring at the ceiling for a few moments, he became bored. He rose and fetched his smartphone off the kitchen counter. He'd resisted checking social media sites, but he figured enough time had passed. People's attention spans were short. By now, everyone would have forgotten that he'd been kicked out of smoke rings, or that he was ever in the band, and moved on with their lives. He was wrong. You've been listening to By the Fire. Hey, tell us what you think. Leave us a review on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you download your podcasts. Or send me an email. Info at davesmail.com. Info at D-A-V-E-S-M-A-L-E dot com. Thank you so much for listening. This is a work of fiction. Names, characters, businesses, places, events, and incidents are either the products of the author's imagination or used in a fictitious manner. 
any resemblance to actual persons living or dead or actual events is purely coincidental.